Hey everybody, what's up? This is Nisi Dash, and we are here tonight. Um, well, you guys wouldn't know this tonight. By the time you guys listen to it, it's whatever time you are listening to it. But right now, we're recording. It is tonight. And I wanted to do another episode with my girl, my love, Keisha. No. In this episode, I really think, look, I gotta let you have your own intro, okay, buddy? Listen. She is this is gonna be a very fun episode. This is now I need to let my friends who are Christians wait. I have to I have to let them know. My Christian friend, I am still saved by the end of this episode. I want you to know this is gonna be a fun episode. This is gonna be a good time. It's explicit. If you need to turn it off, you you can. Otherwise, if you're here for a good time, and as I mentioned, not a long time, welcome and enjoy. All right, Key. Now you can do your own introduction. Here you go. Do you have an introduction. You know me. I'm just a shit disturber. I just, if somebody's got peace, I'm here to destroy it sometimes. And I, I do it out of love with you specifically. Everybody else can kick rocks, but with you, it comes from a place of love. Even though I know you hate me sometimes, it's just like, oh God. I feel like. I feel like I really, truly have to take up the, like, little sister role around you and just mess you up. And I just, but again, I say it out of love. How y'all doing, people? I missed y'all. What's it been? Two weeks? It's just been, it's just been a couple weeks. I don't go nowhere far. I'm always here. I'm always creeping. Um, I'm, I'm always watching. I'm always watching my girl, you know, making sure things is right. Making sure nobody step on her toes because I'm out here to swing. Okay, nuck if you buck. Like, I'm ready. Um, I love this for us. Yes, yes, yes. It's just like, I don't know. I feel I feel like it's inherent because, well, let me give some background. So y'all already know my name's Keisha. Um, Twas not the name my mom had hoped. She was hoping for a boy. My absent father is the one who named me. <laughs> and this is how that story goes. He heard some poor woman calling out for her daughter in a supermarket. She was like, Keisha, come here. And that's the name he stuck with. And it's unfortunate because growing up in the 90s, Keisha was like a very popular name for a hot second there. But it also lends itself to being like the ghetto best friend who like is ready to roll up, you know, slash tires, break windows, like ready for violence and i don't like the fact that as i've grown as an adult i've also slightly become that person <laughs> let me make this clear nothing has happened i am not a violent person i have not gone out slash no tires no breaking no windows no nothing i'm just saying i got the tendency to back up my peoples you will let me uh, yeah okay <laughs> no okay first off keisha was not Keisha, it's Keisha ghetto. I don't think Keisha's a ghetto name. I think it just like Jasmine. Jasmine to me now is associated with being a stripper name. Like, oh, it's a stripper name, and uh, to me it is. I, I just think of it like whenever I see Jack. No, like in the nineties, Jasmine was made very popular because of Disney, Jasmine and Aladdin. Okay. And so a lot of the kids would be like, "Your mom named you after Aladdin," and I'm like, "Make it make sense." Aladdin just came out. Mm-hmm. I was here first. The bitch was behind me. You understand? So I was, I was here first. So yeah. So like I understand. But Keisha, mm-hmm. Keisha to me was always like a a thing. Well, 
we're not talking about names today, tonight, guys. But we're, no, we're just, just our, our little background. Our, our yeah. horrible intro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, horrible intro. Keisha does not sound like a ghetto friend, though. You have Hollywood it. has done a very good job with making every best friend of a black woman named Keisha be real ghetto. The, okay, I feel like she's the one that survives, though. Okay, she's yeah, the I'll one that, that survives, and the story. She's the one that survives. She'll be like, "Don't go to that little white man's house," and then next <laughs> thing you know, right? Next thing you know, her best friend is where. In that white man's house, who was uh-huh. the killer? Uh huh. Okay. And uh-huh. guess who has to save her? Keisha. Keisha. Keisha really do got to be the savior. Ke- she really got to. Yeah. She really got to pull up her boots Hollywood, and be an Avenger. Right. Hollywood turned it around for you. They said, "Listen, because DMX messed it up for you." Like he Not was like Brenda, Felicia. Yeah. Linda, Felicia. <laughs> oh no! And it's Keisha. Keisha. <laughs> Three Keisha. <laughs> DMX still got a hold on me in the grave. Damn. <laughs> yes. Yes. I was like, I was fighting for my life in them comments. I was like, DMX has some dark lyrics. Y'all don't know. Like, he messed with a lot of women. That was just his lyric. I was like, that was his real life. But, you know, either way. Go on. Anyway. All right, so basically tonight we are going to talk about our whole fandom culture tonight. And I'm going to talk about how we met again. Mm-hmm. Now, here I am. It's in the middle of COVID. I have nothing to do. So I'm going to tell how I started my stuff. Um, I got a COVID shot and my arm started like my arm pretty much turned into like if I can explain, like, a whole metal arm. Like, it was just heavy. I just had nothing to do. A whole metal arm. I had nothing to do, right? And I call my best friend, and he's like, I said to him, I said, "What? I'm going to watch Marvel, like a couple of Marvel movies. It's on Disney. I'm paying for Disney. He's like, I wouldn't do that. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, you're going to go down a rabbit hole. Don't do it. And I'm like, I'm like, no, I'm going to, like, it's not that serious. So I said, where do I start? So I looked it up on 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 Google somewhere and searched, like, the order I was supposed to watch it because uh, Disney didn't really have, Disney had it in phase one, phase two, whatever. So I watched it, and I watched from beginning to end, and I think the movie that got me into Marvel heavy was Captain America Winter Soldier, which I think was for everyone. Captain America when a soldier was how I became a Bucky Barnes fan. Mm. And when he caught the shield, I think I remember like he was running and Captain America's like running through all of these sugar-free walls. Cause I'm telling you, <laughs> it's Hollywood. It's not real. It's not real walls. It's like plastered sugar cane walls. He's running through. He jumps. He jumps over that green screen. Jumps into you know to the next building, and you watch him like throw. I guess like he's not throwing the real thing, but they throw the shield, and Sebastian Stan, who was playing Bucky Barnes, catches the shield, and you look into his eyes, and you're like, oh my god, he's traumatized. <laughs> and as every girl, every girl in. America, we start to realize once we start watching Marvel, we're like, I can change him. 
He's traumatized. <laughs> I can love him better than this. I can mm. heal him. And um, after that, I was watching like all 23 movies. I went down this rabbit hole, but I was a big fan of Bucky Barnes after that. My first tattoo was supposed to be a Bucky Barnes um, tattoo, but it's not. It's Wanda. And <laughs> I started after, after I started doing um, TikTok, I was doing TikTok for a while and I was reaching like 11,000 followers. And then after a while, I started doing Sebastian Stan content. And um, when I was doing Sebastian Stan content, a lot of people were welcoming me. And it was like, oh, this is the movie you should watch. You should watch him in this. You should watch him in that. And I started to become a huge fan of more of Sebastian Stan than I did of Bucky Barnes. Now, I'm, mind you, I am still a huge Bucky Barnes fan. I do want a, a Bucky Barnes tattoo, but I'm sorry. Bucky became his own person outside of the Sebastian Stan fandom. And this is where I started to make my money. And now I was on For You page. And that's how I became, like, almost <laughs> famous from Sebastian Stan's fandom. So, yeah, that's how that's how I ended up doing myself, yeah. And that's how I ended up finding this chick. So I just, you know, I had survived a very long time um, not, like, downloading TikTok. So you know how when TikTok came out, I think... God, when did it hit? Probably just before the pandemic, or was it during the pandemic that like yeah. TikTok really became a thing? It, it hit before the pandemic, right? But right. nobody was on it because everybody was working. Everybody and had all of a sudden, lives. <laughs> yeah, pandemic hit, right? The mm-hmm. pandemic hit, and the next thing you know, TikTok was like the thing. I remember vividly, real quick, my boss, my boss, my old boss was like, I think you'll be lucrative on TikTok more than you would on Instagram. You'll make so much money on, on TikTok. And I'm like, I'm not doing that shit. Right. I'm, I'm too old. Excuse my language. I'm like, I'm not doing that. I'm too old for that. And he's like, do it. And I'm like, okay, I'll just do one or two videos. And it's really hard. TikTok, one thing I'll give TikTok really quickly mm-hmm. is that it's not easy to just become an overnight sensation. You well, literally have to, you have to like, like do the do the, you got to do something amazing to make content to become the big person that you will be on there mm-hmm. so anyway i'm sorry to cut you off no no, no. it's just because like i remember when tiktok came out and i like refused my old self like refused to get on it because i'm like this is where all gen z is hanging out i don't want to be out here in these streets and watching children shake their ass for no reason and just like y'all are too grown on the internet like Back in my day, we dressed up like Avril Lavigne and Avril Lavigne dressed up like a skater boy. Okay, y'all are getting too bright, but I digress. So one day after work, I had decided I was so bored. I had read through all the books I had bought like 12 times over. And um, at the time I was working at a grocery store. So I was technically one of the like important people of the pandemic. You know how grocery stores and there was a couple things that were still kind of allowed to stay open and stuff. So I was working yeah. through the pandemic <laughs> and I would come home, shower, and then just be like, okay, what book could really be on TikTok? So I downloaded it and it took a couple of weeks before like, I, I like 
latched onto it like like it was my heart and soul it took a while but when i got there i got there and like your videos would pop up on occasion because like you know how when you when you take your time and really go through something you start to build your own algorithm and so it went from several shady subjects to now going to marvel talk and i was like okay this is cool this is funny i like all these little edits you know it reminds me of a simpler time you know uh and then your videos would come up a lot and i'm like Something tells me I'm just going to be friends with this chick, but I also feel like she would not give me the time of day. I'm just going to keep going. So I kept, I kept scrolling and it was months, okay? Months before I commented on like one of your videos and you hit me up with like a, but what did you say? I said, I think you said like a DM me or like slide, slide my DMs or something like that. You like, you, you extended the invitation whether or not you meant to you extended it and my can't read social cues ass went and so that happened i followed the marvel fandom to you and the marvel fandom was not very nice to me Uh at all (laughs) but no you know what's crazy um a lot of the fandom girls were like, oh my God, you're so beautiful or you're this. And I'm like, I'm down to make friends because at this point, the friends that I had in real life, like this is, uh, I say real life, but it's crazy. Um, <laughs> and Outside of like TikTok, when you put your phone down in social media, you look outside, you go, who do I hang out with outside of that? Right. And mm-hmm. most of my friends did not know like how serious I was doing TikTok. Right. And I reached uh, 11,000 followers at that time. And I had one friend that like, was like, Oh, wow, you reached 11,000 followers. That's cool. I'm like, no, do you know how hard it is to reach it? Like she wasn't supportive of that. Right. Right. She wasn't, she wasn't supportive of that, but it's like, she, she wasn't phased by it at all. Right. Like she didn't care, but she was a Capricorn. So that made sense. So, uh, like, Money makes sense to a Capricorn, you know what I mean? Like, like doing all of the public stuff is not their thing. I get it. So, but if I go on TikTok and I'm like, oh, I made 11,000 followers, I have people who was sent, who sent me the Sebastian Stan sweater. Um, the, right. I have a Sebastian Stan. I had, yeah, uh, the, the, the blanket. Quilt. I have someone, the blanket. Yeah, I had somebody that sent me a Sebastian Stan picture with his cover on the Men's Health magazine. I had people sending me stuff and people were just like, go live and let's talk about Sebastian Stan. And oh, I was talking about him. And I was just like, man, listen, this was, this was also, it was really, it was a really great and obsessive time for me. Like mm-hmm. I felt like a teenager. Cause now mind you, in my teenage years, as we talked about this before, mm-hmm. I was a big Backstreet Boy fan. Mm-hmm. And there and there was no community. I think that's why TikTok is like kind of thriving because there's no real community. Like there was no real community when we were growing up. Right. You're a black girl. You're in, you're from the projects, and here you are. And and everybody be like, "Who do you like?" And I'm like, Nick Carter, the whitest, oh, yeah. palest, <laughs> yes, the whitest, palest man mm-hmm. with a mm-hmm. Bobby Boucher haircut. Ooh. <laughs> Nick Carter with Barbie Boucher haircut, his um, child's play haircut. Right. It was the worst haircut ever. And I would just crush on him. And everyone's like, you could have liked anyone else. 
anyone else, just a little bit of flavor, anyone else uh-huh. had chosen it. So I had no community, but um, with the Sebastian Stan community, um, it was very easy to, to troll. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, Marvel, Marvel made it very easy to like get with the trolls, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Now, now, to give a little background, I can't even remember how I fell into the Marvel fandom. All I know is that you're you're living your life one day, you went from fandom to fandom to fandom, and you don't know how. It's just happening. You know what I mean? Like, when I was a kid, I think my first experience of fandom was Pirates of the Caribbean. That. That mm-hmm. was, like, the start of it all for me. Orlando Bloom was my man. Like, you couldn't tell me nothing. And that was just, a good question. Right. And from there, it graduated to Lord of the Rings because I was following Orlando Bloom's trail. So I was just like watching everything he was ever in. And it exposed me to like so many different genres. And I was like, whoa, this is intense. You know what I mean? But like as you're growing up and you're just realizing fandom is like a part of our like everyday life you know you pick up a book that you really like and there's a whole following behind it or you pick up a show and people are like oh my god i ship whoever you know and it's just it never ends so marvel i think for me like i was really in my sebastian stanfields when i found you hence probably how i found you because i was (laughs) really going through the sebastian stan edits but like it baffles me. So I know we've been talking about like the greatness of fandoms and how it kind of like brings us together and you, you find your people online and, and stuff like that. But like some of these fandoms can get real toxic, especially no. Sebastian Sands. <laughs> yeah. So what wound up happening, I think if you guys, well, you guys don't, most of you that listen have a life. So I appreciate that. For you. <laughs> I think, I'm so proud of the adults that listen to me. You are adulting. Uh, Meanwhile, there's me. um, Mm. Who, who, okay, so this is how I wound up in the Sebastian Stan fandom that wound up turning toxic for me and for Mm. other girls. There was an episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier. Mm -hmm. I hope I didn't like mumble that. But there was was an episode where, um, I forgot his name. Okay. Anthony's character, Falcon's character, whatever. Yeah, Anthony's Sam. character, Sam Wilson. Sam. Oh my God! Thank you. Sam Wilson Sam. and Sarah. Yeah. Oh my God, Sam. Oh my Anthony Mackie is gonna. I don't know who his people is, but my little podcast is gonna get it, and he's gonna cut it up and slice it like a like black man, and still forgot it. Right. Like, and I still forgot it. I was gonna call him Keyshawn, but that's okay. Let's. <laughs> So, <laughs> so no, no, no. Okay, wait. No, focus. Focus. Oh, so Sam, Sam had a sister named Sarah, right? Mm-hmm. And Sam was like, "Let's go. We'll go fix whatever." And Bucky comes up to Sarah, and he's like, "I'm Bucky, by the way." And she's like, "Sarah." He's like, "Sarah, such a nice name, or whatever." And just from that little clip, we get a hint that Bucky likes black women. So mm-hmm. now the fandom, I'm like trolling at this point. This is where it gets toxic because mm-hmm. we start talking about interracial relationships right. in that fandom. And they was like, Bucky, the, Bucky doesn't like 
uh, black women or whatever. And and they was just like, that's not his thing. Sebastian stands like, that's not his thing. Sebastian wouldn't date a black okay, girl. Okay, but there's a difference is- between an actor, Sebastian Stan, and Bucky Barnes, who spent a good chunk of his comic book life in Wakanda, an African, like, society... People really were in your face about that, huh? Like, oh no, yeah. Sebastian yeah. would never. It's like, babes, it's not Sebastian we're yeah. talking about. <laughs> yeah. So then I had to, so I would troll off of that because of how toxic and mm-hmm. dark it would get. They would right. be like, oh, I can't see him with a black girl. Like, I would see Bucky with someone else, like, or whatever. And I don't think Sarah's that girl. I said, no, I think Sarah is perfect, actually. Mm-hmm. Sarah. No one will understand more about what Bucky went through than Sarah. And I think if there was a duo with uh, Falcon Winter Soldier season two, I would like to see them together um, because or, you know, or because of what they can do with Bucky. There's so many things they can do with Bucky now that they are about to erase it and start all over. Mm. But that didn't go well. And a lot of the times I was getting a lot of massive hate. Now, let's say you rode hard for Sebastian Stan like I did. Um, the gentleman that played in Eternals, and I forgot Which his name. One? The one that played um, in Eternals, he um, he looks like Sebastian Stan as well. I forgot his name. Ken Harrington, the one that the played in Eternals. Um, I, I think mean, so. either way, two of them are from Game of Thrones, so it's one or the other. Um, okay. Okay, so hold on. I'm going to not Let's Google. No. Yeah, 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 yeah. Richard Madden. Oh yes, that man. Yeah, the other, the other Game yeah. of Thrones cast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Richard Madden. So one girl was like, "I think Richard Madden would be better as Bucky." I don't know why we had the racist Sebastian saying he's so racist, and I was like, what? "So now I'm like, oh really? Oh really? You know what I mean? Like I'm trolling Ooh. these people at this point." And the more I was like starting fights with the girls that were like mm-hmm. 15, 16 years old. I'm right, the children. Way. <laughs> I, was, I was making money off of this, but this was a very toxic time because then it would be people that'd be like, who would stitch your video and then start to tell you like, do you'll get death threats? Oh, you yeah. starting to beat up a 13 year old. I'm like, no, I don't live anywhere near you. <laughs> Cut it out. such a mom. I don't live anywhere near you, Kate. Cut it out. Stop it. But yeah, it was it it was such a it's such a toxic fandom. It depends Mm -hmm. on how deep I I think for for that, right? uh, We're talking about this honestly. For that fandom, uh for any fandom, that could be Taylor Swift, Beyonce, whatever, right? Right. The more you go down these spiraling, like deep holes that you go into the more you'll ride for someone and you'll be like, they're perfect. They're pristine. They're just everything. And you're like, no, they can be horrible people. It's blind admiration. Yeah. 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 At its most toxic, it is blind admiration. You know what I mean? Because like you see, like you were talking about like the T-Swift kids and the Beyonce beehive and all of them. They're all really scary. (laughs) They ride so hard for these two. And, like, I remember, like, growing up as a kid and, like, when I was part of the fandom and I didn't know I was part of fandom, so things like Pirates of the Caribbean, Lord of the Rings and stuff like that, I didn't know it was a fandom because, again, I discovered it as, like, a kid. And I know that there was an entire, 
you know, generation that came before me who was raised on like Lord of the Rings books and stuff. So I was teased as a kid for liking these things. So back in the day, being part of a fandom was not a cool thing. Now it's become this regular thing ever since like what, Twilight? Remember when they were making out the the Team Edward and Team Jacob shirts? And like, you would wear those to school and get in scraps. (laughs) It was insane. I, you know what? I wasn't there. Okay, so my my friend, mm-hmm. um, who's like a sister to me, she loved Twilight, and I just couldn't. I for some reason I just couldn't. Yeah, I loved it, but I just couldn't. Looking back at it, it was horrible acting on everyone. It was. It was no, like, it was one hundred and twelve percent. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was horrible acting, and I feel like one bad apple spoiled the bunch and. We all know who the horrible actor or actress was in that. That <laughs> it made took me a second. Else. It took me a second to catch on where you were going with this, but no, yeah, I yeah. About, yeah, yeah. One bad apple could spoil a whole fandom, right? Because then people mm-hmm. would just like. But then again, that's that's. Let's just get into that book thing really quickly, right? right. So Bella had a certain look to her, and then they they chose Christian Stewart, mm-hmm. um, and then people were kind of boycotting uh, Robert Pattinson. That's his Robert, Robert Pattinson, Pattinson, right? Yeah, that's him. Yeah. Yeah. They were boycotting him. They was like, he's horrible, he smells, he's this, he's <laughs> so it was so many like kids like like at this time Vine was Vine was just like popular. Ooh, I forgot wasn't. about Vine. Right. Wow. Vine was there and people were talking about how horrible of an actor or whatever he was. Mm. Um and then I think to me, I don't think it was bad acting on his end more I so. Do. I think it was more so bad. Okay. Then we, yeah, we can agree to disagree because you, I thought it was bad writing too. Like I was like, this doesn't sound anything yeah. like the book. Oh. When See, I read I the book, I was like. I didn't read the books. So here's my thing, right? Yeah. I'm not against reading books, obviously. I'm a journalist. Right. But let's think. <laughs> my whole thing is ever since I can remember, I could differentiate between the the two mediums of film and of of you know written literature and so i remember going to watch you know the harry potter movies or you know the hobbit movies and enjoying the process because i'm watching it blind you know what i mean but then there's the the book people who are so passionate and i'm not knocking y'all's passion but y'all are so passionate that y'all will really get into proper fights because a book had to be adapted for screen. Certain things just don't, you know, like they don't translate well when you got to take them off of paper and, you know, actually use your eyeballs to, to you know, see the image, you know? And no, it, okay. Go, 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 go. I'm going yeah. to let you, I'm going to let you. Oh, it's it. like, for example, um, let's like derail for a second. So people who read like the Divergent books, we're really mad for some reason about the portrayal of Eric, right? It's like he's supposed to have like long, greasy black hair and yada, 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 all that stuff. It's like, babes, we've already got a Professor Snape. We got one person with long, greasy hair already. Like we don't, we don't need to have that same trope in every movie. You know what I mean? So maybe they adapted him to be more of the era of the time, you know, his piercings were a little off, but like it made sense for the universe that we're staging for, you know, but like, I, I remember 
being a fan of those movies and then somebody showed up with like the like OG Divergent book the thing was thick and I'm like oh I've always wanted to read the books and they're like you better because the movies were horrible and I was like damn (laughs) are we all okay and when I ask why they can never ever tell you why it was horrible they just don't like it period end of discussion and if you don't agree with them you're part of the problem like where make it make sense okay from a book person Uh who understands okay um i have to think about like my all-time favorite there's a book of mine um like called marry me maddie or buttercup baby and the people that i think about when i do these books Mm -hmm. are not people that i would think about in hollywood here's the problem I don't mind when they take a book and they adapt it onto the screen and then something's just, you're right. You're absolutely right. There's sometimes when you do a script uh, in many forms, in many forms, when you do a script, you have to break it down and choose like what fits better on screen versus what's maybe meant to be a play and then, or (laughs) what's just meant to be just a book. It can't be anything else more than that. You know what I mean? Understood. Now, the thing with Hollywood, though, is it's a very recyclable um, industry. Like, they'll mm-hmm. say, oh, like, the book will say maybe he was tall, dark, and handsome, uh, and he was a detective. Next thing you know, they'll pick Dwayne The Rock Johnson because he's bankable. Oh, versus, yeah, like, I'm, I'm sorry, like, versus, like, someone that would be, like, a lower, like, someone up and coming, you know, like, maybe A.J. Johnson or something, mm-hmm. if, I, if I'm saying, or, or um, I forgot his name that plays in Lip, um, he plays Lip and Shameless, but, you know, like, other up and, like, coming actors. Lesser that we can, like actors, but, like, who still yeah, have, like, lesser, a good following to them, yeah. Right, right, that we wouldn't have so much of a big issue with now my thing with marvel was when i got into it and i started mcu versus marvel universe completely with the comics right um no no one persuaded me to say go look at the comics versus Mm. this which the comic fandom the comic fandom is really crazy about oh yeah how they need yeah they need their persons they could see it you know what i mean mm-hmm. um which make to me honestly if it's a comic book rendition of things i understand it's a it's a it's straight it's a straight I mean, depiction. It's, here's, here's it's right there yeah the yeah. reference is there yeah, yeah. It's a, you could just you easily know that if you wanted to put um like someone oh god like pedro pascal or Ooh. something as and, you know, like, I don't know, like, as whatever, as happy or whatever, you, you can, you can do that. Mm-hmm. You can still not, you can derail, but it won't be too far off because his characteristics wouldn't be too far. But right. when you read a book and they go and they, they deliberately give you the description of what this person, their, his pale colored skin with like his. They're describing Tom Hiddleston, eyes. but like they cast yes. Pedro Pascal. Got you. Gotcha. Right, right, gotcha. right. It it gets it gets a little it gets a little it gets a little like redundant. Like why are we why mm-hmm. are we doing Tom Hiddleston because mm-hmm. he's bankable? That's not fair. Like right. give it to somebody that will absolutely look like that, and then you you should go and mm-hmm. say 
oh, we want to get this right. You know what I mean? So exactly. otherwise, sometimes in Hollywood, Hollywood is very recyclable and it's very redundant when you get the yeah. same people. Like if you like how they had like Chris Pratt for Mario, like yeah, sir, you do not belong yeah. in this movie. I don't care how great people like. I've heard people loved the movie. I could not personally yeah. sit through it because I, I heard. Seen it yet. I, seen it. I haven't seen it either, but Chris Pratt's voice just didn't do it for me. And as much as I love Jack Black, I couldn't sit through. Oh God, what's our Canadian? Seth Rogen. I couldn't sit through yeah. Seth Rogen being Donkey Kong because I heard somewhere that he refused to do a voice for Donkey Kong. And as an actor, you're supposed to camouflage yourself. You know, at the very least, be comfortable with the idea, throw the idea around and see what lands. But don't just flat out say, nah, I'm not going to do it. This is my voice. Take it or leave it. It's like, okay, I understand. Great. You, you know, your voice is technically one of your selling points because you're Seth Rogen and you sound like, <laughs> but it's like you need to also understand the fandom and like the passion that comes with the fandom because a lot of people dropped off you know what I mean some people gave it the benefit of a doubt but a lot of people dropped off and those who dropped off I feel like are it's a mix between those who are just angry because it doesn't match or mm-hmm. or you know, the the ones looking for the fight, you know, but then there's the ones who genuinely right. just, just had a love of the characters because it was nostalgic or close for them. And it was more of like a, like a passion thing, you know what I mean? And it like broke their heart, you know, and that could be said for like every fandom. Like I, oh gosh, how do I, how do I say this without incriminating myself? <laughs> so you gonna have to. Well, I know. Eh? So from fandom to fandom, as I've mentioned before, I've jumped. Right now, um, somewhere in the pandemic, the the jump I made was into Good Omens. Now, as British TV is no stranger to me. I love British TV and all that stuff. Good Omens. I just recently watched season two. I'm a little bit behind, and it broke my heart. But I remember watching an interview with. Um, Michael Sheen on Graham Norton and he was talking about fandom you know and how there's a whole world of fans out there who ship his character and David Tennant's character in like a romantic setting you know what I mean and bless Michael Sheen's heart because a lot of actors see it as creepy and like uh this is this is fucked up like y'all y'all need to go see a therapist Michael Sheen said it's beautiful and it's a it's a lovely portrayal of the passion that people have for these characters. You know, they're they're they want to see them, you know, happy. Even though these are fictional characters, we'll never see the light of actual human day. The fact that in our minds we just want to see them happy and healthy and love them from afar. You know, that that is the beautiful side of fandom that I don't think is talked about enough because child, I could sit here and rip apart Mario. I could rip apart a whole bunch of people right now. <laughs> because I'm one of them passionate fans. But, like, all jokes aside, we've been ripping people apart since the beginning of the episode. But, like, let's let's also talk about, like, the good of fandom. Like, what was your first, like, good experience outside of the very toxic Bucky Barnes? Um, that's a good question. Um, hmm, my very good... Outside of that, I don't think I was a big fan fandom person 
Um, well, because you, you were saying how you didn't have the community, right? Right. There was no, there was no growing up, I guess, for me, there wasn't a lot of girls that was like reading the books I was reading. Girls mm-hmm. were reading like, there were girls my age reading The Coldest Winter Ever by Sister Soldier or like Daniel. some hard, right, like hard hitting Eric Jerome Dickey, God rest his soul, um, books like Genevieve and Addicted, Zane books. We they were reading books like that, you know what or I mean? Like Where it was for like, the soul or something. No, 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 no. No, was that wasn't that. They, you were the they were girl. reality. Gotcha. They were reality. Got it. The girls I re- the girls I grew up with, they were reality. I was mm. not. I was more. I was more like um. I pick a romantic novel like from mm. an unknown, like maybe from um. I forgot his name that did the Notebook, but um like him, like people that wrote The Notebook or people that wrote like, you know, uh, Dear John. I don't know. I think it's the same person, but like- Were you also like- Were you also like the Nancy Drew kid? No. Oh. I I was was all romance novels. Like I picked up one and that was, that was the, that was the genre for me. Like, because, Mm -hmm. well, the thing is like, um, because I didn't have a fandom, but I, I'm going to be relevant, right? My house was very chaotic. Mm. And for me, being like such like in the chaotic atmosphere, the only way I could get away was if I got away from something that I wasn't like, I, I wasn't used to seeing. So I would go and read a romance novel about a girl who's in love with her best friend's Got you know, it. brother. Right. You know, I mean, and then something just crazy like, oh and outlandish. Yeah. Yeah. I would read stuff like that, but not like like the end before time type crap. So <laughs> to me, I was a type crap. I'm sorry. I didn't yeah. mean it like that. Well, time, like people that. are crying right now. Little they're, like, they're like, how dare you? I'm sorry, oh. guys. I didn't mean it that way. I didn't mean it Damn. like crap, like like it's crap. Like you got you might like, as well just shat on the Lion King while you were at it. Dang. Well, while we're at it, because there's a lot of holes in the Lion King. I like no, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> I got. I think um, there was no fandom for me as I as I'm answering the question. Marvel was the fandom for me. Marvel mm-hmm. was the moment that I realized I was like, I owe my ex-husband a whole apology. Oh. I like this man was a DC lover, which I think is mm-hmm. a problem now, but we yes. I, I should have sort of signed when he was a DC when he was a DC lover, I should have just been like, oh no. You know yes. but I was like, la, 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 I don't care. Whatever. I love him. Mm-hmm. Um but he, he liked both, right? He liked Marvel and DC, but he was more of a Marvel person. I mean, more of a DC person. And I would just be like, these things are so, like, stupid. Like, I don't understand mm-hmm. why you're getting into it. You're an adult. Grow yeah. up. Do these yeah. things. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it took me just a grow up. Too. Yeah. Right. And now that I'm here, I'm like, oh, boy. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. If I ever see this man, if I ever see this man in person, I'm going to be like, listen, I'm going to sit him down and be like, the Wanda tattoo mm. is because you know, and now I'm gonna get vision. And I apologize to you, sir. Mm. I apologize. 
I think I think the wonderful thing is Marvel Marvel honestly brought out the best kid in me. Like so much good storytelling. And the more like I was I was so um engulfed in it after watching Wanda. Wanda TV show by itself opened up Pandora's box for me. Like I was just like, no, I need to know everything. I would go to the oh. comic store in the next city over, get the comic books that were on sale for like 50 cents. That is comic books were on sale. Yeah, I got a couple of them right now. Comic books were on sale. One of my like all my guy friends, they was getting me Marvel stuff. I got a Marvel encyclopedia where I can know every single Marvel character there is in their strengths and whatever. Man, it was the first friends time like that. I know, girl. It was the first time, like, like I'm not, I'm not gonna call them the word. It was the first time men, in a long time, was like, "Oh, you in the Marvel? So let me tell you how, like, what you think about it." Like, men would hit me up in my DM. It wasn't even about dating. They'd be like, "Yo, what did you think about episode two of Low Key?" And I, but that's like, how they flirt. You know what I mean? That's how the men were flirting back then. Right. Yes. Yes. And it was just like that was that brought me to understand Stan Lee and his creative genius mm-hmm. because he had a backup plan for a backup plan for a backup plan. Mm-hmm. Like that man, and, and and I'm not I'm not saying he is, but that man in the MC universe is almost as good as God. He, he He's like their version every, of God. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. He made every single, everything connect, everything moved, everything mm-hmm. with, without a back, like with the backup plan. And I was like, this is so beautifully well written, well done. Mm-hmm. So I don't have a fandom, but was but there like, ever a good fandom for you? Oh, child. Here's the thing. So like, yeah, I didn't. Like I said, <laughs> I didn't. Re- I didn't realize that I was it partaking in fandom. You know what I mean? I just knew that I was the weird nerdy kid, and I was getting bullied for it. <laughs> um, and you know, like I remember. Oh Jesus! Let me think this through because like. My my fandom my fandom career spans a lot of genre, from film yeah. to you know like anime and all that stuff. Granted, I don't anime anymore. Um, I'm an adult. I say this. I know there's a lot of adults out there who are living their best anime life. I'm not knocking you. I've just grown up. They're gonna hate y'all. Are, y'all are grown I'm- and you're like y'all are probably you know watching anime because it's like. Your, your downtime, good, great for you. It's just not my bag no more. I'm sorry. I used to be one of y'all. Uh, I think the first time I was I realized that fandom existed was when, God, how old was I? I was probably like 12, 13, hmm. maybe as early as 10 when I discovered anime for the first time. And then how many years later I realized, because I'm in Canada, I'm in, I'm, I'm close to Toronto, if anybody's wondering. Um, and so right. over here, we've got like, you guys have like what, Anime Con or something? Like over there in the we States, I'll have, have like. Comic, we have Comic Con, Anime Con. Right. Okay. Yeah. So our version of Anime Con is Anime North. Right. And so it's, mm. it, it works exactly how like Fan Expo works. So everybody show up it's a little bit smaller everybody shows up in cosplay and stuff like that and i remember hearing of this thing for the first time because the internet now was like a readily available thing you could search these things up and find out where your people were hiding and i so badly 
wanted to take part. And my mom, bless her, she's been very, you know, helicoptery all my life. And so I didn't get a chance to go to my first Anime North until I was 20, you know? And by then, like, the the luster, the you know, the love had worn off. And at that point, I was just going with friends because we were all going as a group. You know what I mean? But I remember for a bit there, I think the first anime I ever watched was called Inuyasha. And it was, like, everything in me. Like, oh, my yeah. heart... My heart and soul was that show. You could not find me anywhere else on Friday night except in my bedroom with an order of chicken wings watching late night television and watching anime. <laughs> that was just how my Friday nights went. And that was, I think, my first my first experience. Yeah, so going back to your question, my first experience of fandom, I think, was really Anime North. Because then I was old enough to go. You know, nobody could tell me I couldn't go. I was an adult. I was working. I had money. I could go. <laughs> but since then, uh, you know, I've discovered so many things. I've gone to, like, my first Comic-Con in, like, what was it, the past two? In the pa- Over the past two years, I've gone to my first Comic-Con. I've gone to, like, two fan expos, living my best life, meeting celebrities who have played some of my favorite characters, and exercising my journalistic practice as well with them. And it's been the most fun thing ever. Because it's like, I'll ask them questions. I'll tell them I'm a journalist and this, that, and the third. And there, sometimes it shocks me just how sweet some of these people are. And how they've taken the time out for the fans who are so passionate about the characters that they've played. That they... They show up dressed as them or they bring like a pile of shit for them to sign and pay hundreds. And I mean, hundreds of dollars to have each thing signed. Like, I think, oh, gosh, what was the most fulfilling fandom moment for me? Girl, let me think this one through because. Oh, I remember. Oh, this one hit home. It was just so cute. Um, James Marsters, uh, who plays, was it Marsters? Yes, James Marsters. He plays Spike in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And this Mm -hmm. man is just, is fine. He's just be aging great. And I remember when I met him, I forgot he's American. So I was expecting to be hit with like the Spike British accent and it didn't happen. And I was like, oh, right. Damn, Keisha, get it together. (laughs) But like, low key. I I feel like I was flirting with James Marsters. Like, it was just this funny back and forth. And, like, because I remember, how did I start off the conversation? Oh, I left, girlfriend. It was, like, I was, like, hey, James, how are you? He's, like, oh, I'm great. I'm, like, he he said something about, like, oh, I'm great because I get paid for just sitting on my ass all day. And I'm, like, well, can I add a compliment to it? He's, like, absolutely. I'm, like, you look great. Like, you look real good. He just got all blushy in the face, and we got to talking about stuff, and he, you know, encouraged me to continue on with journalism, because he could see I had a passion for it, and I was like, this, this is why I like fandom. This is why I love it, because the actors, they see your passion, they, they see the drive, but also, I would like to add that from a journalist perspective, it's so great when you have a passion, and you tie that in with your work. You know what I mean? But like with with you, it's like fandom became your work and you had no intention on it. Because no. you were talking about 
what was that one thing? You said you got famous like overnight and you text me and you're like, girl. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Were you on the verge of being canceled or something? Like, what was it? Yeah. Like, oh, no. I got, I got canceled really quickly. Um, oh, shit. I got canceled before I could even launch off. Like, shoot. And then down. Oh. Right um, but no, no, no. It's, but truly, it's my, it's my thing because I was trolling. Now, because you're an adult, and mm-hmm. you understand, I won't even say because you're an adult. I'll say me. Me being in love with acting, and I do this, I act as well, you kind of already understand the industry. One thing about me is I understand the industry before I got in it uh, because it's always been my thing. Hence, I'll, you know, I told you I wanted to be like a journalist, a journalism and broadcasting. Yeah, we both I have like the same for passion for it. Yeah. Right. So in, in my in my mind, I was telling these kids, these 13, 14, 15, 16 to 20 something year olds, listen, <laughs> listen, this is what's gonna happen. His publicist is gonna do this, that, and the third. He's not a bad guy. This is what's gonna happen. And then people got upset with me for it. And then boom, you know, he got this girlfriend. And uh we'll talk, we're talking about Sebastian Stan. Um, Sebastian Stan got a girlfriend named Allie who was like really young. She was mm-hmm. like 25 mm-hmm. or something. I remember this. And Allie was, yeah. And Allie was 25. So at, at the time, my videos wasn't directed to the fans. It was directed to Sebastian. I'll be like, Sebastian, now listen, if you're going to play this out, let me tell you what to do. Okay. Cause y'all got to make this look good. Y'all got to make this look real now. Okay? I remember that. I was like, look at here. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, I'll be like, look at here. Okay, y'all need to be seen out. Y'all need to be seen in love. Y'all need right. to be seen adorable. You said mm-hmm. you was dating her two years before. She better go all out. <clears throat> so it became one of those things. Now I made a video where I used um Tom's voice. I forgot his name. Zendaya's boyfriend. Help me. Oh, Holland, Zendaya. girl. Get it together. Holland. I know it's been a day. I'm like, y'all, it's it's really one of those moments in my life because I'll never forget Tom. I adore him. Like, I adore him. And it was like, oh, um, I'm Spider-Man. He was like, I'm Doctor. No, he was like, I'm whatever. I'm Peter Parker. He's like, I'm Doctor Strange. Oh, we're using secret names. So I used that same oh. thing and I was like, oh. I'm I'm Sebastian's wife. She's like, I'm his girlfriend. I'm like, oh, you're using secret names. So I was using the same voice, but I put different wording. Yeah. And so next thing I know, I woke up and people was hitting me and DMing me on Twitter. And they're like, hey, your video was on Twitter um, in the Sebastian Stan fandom. And, oh, we talk about you on Facebook and our Facebook fan group. Oh, with no. about Sebastian Stan. It's trending right now. And I'm like, are you serious? And I got nervous because I'm like, one thing I like to do is troll the fans, right. but not troll a, a, a human being. Like, I want you guys to understand, I love Sebastian Stan. He's a human being. He has anxiety right. just like I have anxiety. So I don't want to play the anxiety over 10. But mm-hmm. I definitely love trolling you. You right. are what make this fun. You know right. what I mean? So I winded up overnight becoming viral and this video going into like 101.1 1 
K or whatever. And mm-hmm. people were watching this. And I'm like, oh my God, like this is serious. And then this became a thing. Like now I was mm-hmm. trolling their whole relationship. And I feel bad now because now you barely see him. Now I, I haven't seen him. Yeah, I don't know what no, he's doing in life. He's kind of gone under the radar. I'm concerned about him. Somebody check yeah. out our boy Stan. Like. Yeah. 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 And I'm like, oh, I probably did that. I'm thinking. Oh. I did that. Like by myself, my arrogance, my arrogance is like, I did that by myself. Like I, I probably oh. went viral. I went viral for trolling their relationship but it was it was so much fun but you were doing it to troll the trolls you know what i mean and like i feel like the video was probably taken out of context way out of context Mm. because i would be like whenever somebody be like girl that's my husband too i'd be like no he's not like he's mine like that's my husband like you know what i mean i'm gonna stick beside him girl that's that's is my i'm gonna stick beside him this is my man back up (laughs) Mm-hmm. This is mine, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but then it became a thing. Like everybody, every time somebody come and some little girl come and be like, mm-hmm. "Oh, that's my little husband," I, like that's my baby too. We're sharing. I'm like that. Like hell, we are. I want y'all all to know, I'm the wife, and you. Do you remember? Do you, you remember just when when chicks be in your comments talking about we sister wives? Yeah. Do you remember? Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Do you Jesus. remember my comments? Do you remember me going back? Like I'm so. going back and forth, and just like going back and forth. Like that's my man. Back up. And then it was to the point where I think somebody made a Sebastian Stan TikTok because they found out he had a TikTok. Um, yeah, so and then didn't, didn't we also find where. out like didn't we also find out that somebody I don't know found his like Spotify or something or somebody was pretending to be him yeah. on Spotify or something? I'm not even gonna lie, somebody those playlists yes. were, were good. Yeah, he had a Spotify, and someone found his Spotify that was, that he hasn't used like in a good while, right? Mm-hmm. And just to turn around, um, that well, anyway, the person that was pretending to be Sebastian Stan. Mm-hmm winded up playing my husband. So then this became a thing. So they would be like, like, I would say, yeah. So I'd be like, oh my God, like, don't I look cute, boo, or whatever. And I'll tag the person. So one day this person hits me up and they're like, you do know I'm I'm not Sebastian Stan. I'm like, I'm clearly aware, but <laughs> people love us together. And I think we should do something. And she's like, bet, say less. And I'm like, let's go. So she just became my thing. It became a thing. I, I just, yeah. I got I things like, off of. Yeah, no, I remember like she'd be in, uh, oh, when you used to do your lives a lot. And she'd just be yeah. popping in. Everybody's like, where's her husband? Like, like the show really wouldn't pop off unless homegirl had logged in and bless her heart. Cause like, what was it? You did, you did a live one time where like it went off into like the wee hours of the night too you randomly pulled out like an oscar award and you was just thanking people out your ass and like it was my one of my favorite moments was just watching like the comments take off oh my god wait and then was that the same live that somebody reported you or we got reported because we were making 
We were teasing one of the people oh, yeah. who was like in it, but like all in good fun and like TikTok thought we were serious. Yeah. So what happened was it was a 13 year old. Do you remember? I think. She's like 13 and she's like, oh, I love Sebastian. I'm like, girl, you are too young. You are too young or something. Get your young self and go to bed. Like everybody else is like up to the wee hours. We're listening to music. I got my Oscar and right. literally like my, my, my Oscar's back there, y'all. So I got mm-hmm. my Oscar and it's like in my bookshelf right now. Every now and then I just make a thank you speech beside nowhere. But anywho, right? <laughs> the the girl was like 13 and we got I got kicked off because I was bullying. Several times people had threatened my monetization. I think that's the right word, right? My mm. money because they kept reporting me as a bully. That was the real down, like dark side of fandom because it was like oh. you can't make fun. Of your celebrity. You can't. Well, that's the funny thing, though. I don't even think that's like a dark side of fandom anymore, as much as now we're tapping into cancel culture again. You know what I mean? Like, remember when, um, oh gosh, who was it? I know it was probably still Sebastian Stan, where like they found like old pictures of of Ali and like she was in a costume or something, and people were like, oh, she's racist. And I was like, damn. She's in the Indian costume. And then he put up something with like a racist remark, but it wasn't racist. He just didn't know. And oh no, that it was the like, um, it was the picture of him as Tommy Lee with like the Buddha in front of him, right? And he was yeah, like, with yeah. prayer hands. And I'm sure he posted yeah. that in like some sort of solidarity or something. He he did it in character, clearly, and people were like. Yeah. This is, you know, just up in arms. I'm like, damn. Like, he's he's yeah. clearly in costume. Like, he's not Sebastian right now. You know what I mean? Y'all, y'all don't right. know. And that's the toxic side of fandom. Because people can't seem to differentiate between the actor versus the character. For example, who's that? Oh. <laughs> Wyatt. Wyatt. Oh. Oh, Captain America? Name. Yeah, 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 like in the early stages of the shows, I was so annoyed by this John character that I wouldn't even call him John. And one of me and my girlfriends, we couldn't be bothered to remember the character's name, so we'd just be calling him Bob. No, that was just that was just it. We'd just be calling him Bob, and we knew what we meant when we said Bob. You know what I mean? But the fact mm-hmm. that like, what was it? He went to um. Did he go to like a red carpet or something and people like refused to get anything signed by him or something? I think that hit news. I think so, I yeah. I can't remember like what exactly the yeah, context Yeah, because he's US was. agent. But the, right. but he's, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because he's US agent. Well, wait, I'll let you finish. No, no, no. That was that. I was just trying to remember what that point was because like, yeah, <laughs> you know, there's only. Like, for as many good examples of fandom that there are, there's so much more that you hear about bad fandom behavior. 
You know what I mean? It's always to the extreme and people are leaning into it. And I'm like, y'all take a break, have a Kit Kat, you know, switch that T to decaf, like chill out. Y'all are children. And some of y'all are grown. Y'all should know better. Like breathe. Yeah. I, I like to think it's majority of the children more so than it is the adults because, but then again, right. Um, there's okay. There is, some adults that will carry that with them for the rest of their lives. There is um, Scarface and um, I forgot the Godfather. Oh, right? Robert De Niro and Al Pacino. Yeah, and Al Pacino, right? And that's been the fight for a very long time. Which movie is mm-hmm. the best? Now, these men, some of these men, carry that fandom with them for a very long time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's a fandom culture within itself. Scarface and you know. Um, what oh the other guy? Godfather. So I'm just so all over the place. Yeah, the Godfather. Yeah, it's just it's just when you when you're a good actor that attests to how good you are that mm-hmm. people can't see you playing somebody else. Like for a long time, and right. we talk about how good acting is here, guys. Um, I couldn't see Lawrence Fishburne outside of him mm-hmm. playing Ike from Tina Turner. Oh, and. And I just used to be like, I hate that man. Like, See, he was always Morpheus. You know, Angela, Morpheus. Morpheus. He was always Morpheus yeah, for yeah. me. Yeah. But see, that's a different that's a different fandom. See, the thing is, right. um, and then for me, Angela Bassett was Tina. I when I saw the real Tina, I was mm-hmm. like, Oh. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? It it just attests to how good like sometimes as an actor, if you decide that you're gonna play a villain. And you know the outcome of what this villain will do to mm. your career, to mm-hmm. what will happen to you after. You just mm-hmm. you have to know what you're taking on. For a lot of these, uh, a lot of these people, when they do DC uh, comics and they try to do uh, the Joker, a lot of people can't live up to what Heath Ledger did. Yo, Heath Ledger and really Heath Ledger did that. Yeah, he left a stamp on how good that was, mm-hmm. and even after that, even. If he was alive now, I'm pretty sure he'd be doing movies that'd be so out of pocket that yeah. we wouldn't we wouldn't imagine. Yeah, we wouldn't be able to imagine just how far he, his imagination would go. But people have can't live up to that, so it's yeah. hard for us to see Heath Ledger as the guy from Ten Things I Hate About You. You know what I mean? A yeah, charismatic teenager that we fell in love with him with. We only know him for him being the Joker. That attests to you as an actor being how good you are playing in this role. No one sees you as that. When it took the Goonies, I, I know you. I, I know you know the guy who plays in um. He plays in the Goonies, but he I also played in Stranger Goonies. Things, and then he played in. Okay, but he also played in Lord of the Rings too. Um, what? Like. He played as he played he played in Stranger Things and Lord of the Rings and he played in um what you call it? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up because you're Jeez right Louise. now you're talking about like uh Sean like actors. Austin. He, oh he was in the Goonies. Whoops, Sean Essen. Essen. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I for a long time, that. it took him a long time to get another role. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the fandom, the fandom of these things, also attests to the actors that are able to to devote themselves into these characters, 
and we can't see them outside of that box, which is hence why so many people like Liam Nelson are so bankable in action movies. Mm. Like, like Michael, Michael Bay could try to make like a Hallmark romantic movie. No one cares. When is the nope. next Optimus Prime movie coming up? You know what I mean? It's, it's, when is the next Transformers movie, Michael Bay? We don't care right. if you want to make a romantic movie. You will never make another romance movie. You know what I mean? And it's just, it's just that that's how much everything is attested to. Like when I think that's definitely like. Actors in that. Oh, sorry, girl. No, go hmm? on. I was just gonna say, like, that's no, definitely saying- just typecasting. Like you you get stuck in that one role and people just know you for that. Like Morgan Freeman, no matter what he does, and his body of work is great, he will always be God. You know what I mean? He is God. I don't know why he's- we're not why we're having this conversation. Period. Point blank. He is God. That is God. That's there's nobody else that God decided to give his voice to deliberately than Morgan Deli- Freeman. Well, I, I you know Morgan what? Freeman young. No, 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 that too. But like, you know who else has a Morgan Freeman voice? Who's that dude from Allstate? Oh. Allstate, the commercial. Oh, the black guy. Oh. He's he's got one oh. of the voices too. Oh. And and yeah. he ended up playing God in the Lucifer TV show. So technically, I'm not wrong. <laughs> so God <laughs> lent his voice to two black individuals. Ta-da! Yeah, and uh, he wanted you guys to know loud and clear. Dennis Dennis has has Haysbert. Dennis Haysbert. And it says, yeah, and it says under his underneath his name as he played, it it says God. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. End of discussion. God. That I'm just letting you guys know. I don't want to get into politics and let you guys know exactly what he is, but this is what he is. Ta da. Mm -hmm. God God is letting us know that he is a black man, period. Two black people. Mm-hmm. And it has to be Morgan Freeman because he's never going to die. He's never going to age. He's just going to stay the way he is now. And Dennis, Dennis Haysburg. And uh, they may be aging right now, this minute as we speak, but I've never seen two men have the distinctive voice to narrate the circle of life. I think, <laughs> you know, look, you, <laughs> look listen, you, again, right? With typecasting, Typecasting mm-hmm. to me is very different. Like to me, typecasting is like you look like a thug, you talk like mm-hmm. a thug, you you know you got that thug look. We're gonna keep giving you those type of roles, right? But when you play like, if you play like someone like Sean, I think his name is Ast- Aston, right? Sean, Sean Aston, Aston. Yeah. and you, yeah, and you're like kind of coming from the Goonie franchise to Stranger Things, mm-hmm. then you're going into like these fandom areas. People are always going to know you for that. Not that you look that way, because you could play just a regular dad on a TV mm-hmm. show. Why not? But it's because you've you've kind of embedded in your career that you can be able to understand the imagination of those that have read this book or these fandoms. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Now, let me tell you something about Sean Astin's fandom, okay? Because I witnessed this firsthand, okay? This was insane. So I went to Comic-Con last year, and um, that was around the hype of, like, the Rings of Power just came out. And so they had all four of the Hobbits. And uh, so Elijah Wood, Dominic Monaghan, Billy Boyd, um, Sean Astin. They had Carl Urban. They had Andy Serkis. All of them showed up within the span of like a couple years, right? But we had the four hobbits come in one year. And I remember 
like I was able to get in from one of the podcast tapings, which you can listen to on YouTube and you'll catch a girl on the last five minutes episode. But like, I digress um, <laughs> of the friendship onion that I'm not quite sure is still in production because Dominic and Billy are still doing other things. But I remember right. I wanted to make it my mission to stand in line of each of them, even though I had already gotten like the group photo at, at the con. Girl, when I tell you Sean Aston's line was scary, I mean scary. Like the other three was scary, but Sean's line was concerning. So with I don't for those who aren't familiar with like con etiquette, when it gets to a point of the line, the the table line being too long, they'll cut it at a certain point and tell the rest past the cut to come on back after you take a number you're guaranteed to have a spot in the line when the actor comes back from lunch or schedule, whatever. On three separate occasions, when Sean's line was cut from a point, people got in such heavy scraps over who made like the cut in, they called security. Sean had to leave the event early because his fans were insane. <laughs> and it was like... Oh my God. And I was still like, no matter how hard I tried, I could not get in that line. And I tried because I was trying to just kind of like work my way down from Hobbit to Hobbit. You know what I mean? And I just, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't make it happen. There wasn't enough time in the day, girl, them out, the hours are short and the lines are long, but Sean's line was concerning. And I was like, this, this is the scary part of fandom. When people are actively about to take each other's eyeballs out, overstanding in line that oh my god i was concerned and i remember seeing one of the volunteers there and this kid was like poor girl she was like nothing but five foot five blonde hair skinny she was like just standing there and i'm like honey are you okay she's like yeah no i'm i'm, I'm fine i'm a little a little shaken but i'll be all right i'm like what happened she's like oh we had to call security again and i'm like again and then that's when she told me the story of how people were fighting and all of this. And I'm like, oh my God, please stay safe. And she's like, it's okay, Sean just left. So I think the worst is over. And I'm like, <laughs> you wish. The worst? Now, yeah, because now you're going to think like, people are now angry that Sean has left, right? So now right. what else are they going to do? They've got to now pick another fandom to go stand in that line and make some ruckus and all that. It's going to be the other hobbits. It was scary. It was really scary to witness. That shit was insane. It was like being in a mosh pit. I actually think that's pretty awesome for him. Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Like, Holy shit versus, oh, that was awesome. That was pretty awesome for him. I like, to, I like to look at the bright side of that because it's like, you know, like sometimes like people outside of that will be like, oh, they're you know, you like even for actors, like mm -hmm. you're like, oh, I'm washed up. No one's gonna really come and see me, you know. And then these people love you for this certain line of work, and they mm -hmm. love what you do. And sometimes they'll follow you outside of that, which is like, uh, I hate to mention him again, like Sebastian Stan's fandom. Like everyone yeah. loves him playing Bucky. He's really well known for playing Bucky, right. uh, just like Chris Evans will always be Captain America. But outside of that, we'll we'll, we'll follow them. And so a new role that they can play and you'll be like, oh, they do the other stuff outside of that. So for Sean, I think that's a that's a great thing. You know what I mean? Like people will follow you wherever you may go. And even if he doesn't work again, he has enough fans to where oh. 
All he has 100. to do is show up. Yeah, no, huge. And a, and a fandom. Yeah, yeah, he's a real ride or die. That one. He is a proper yeah. Samwise Gamgee. He is. He is a good yeah. like stay by your side, dude. Yeah. Yeah, I I think that's. I mean, I hate that the fans were fighting, but I think that's a pretty like awesome thing. Like, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of <laughs> kind of biased. Um, yeah. I mean the the fandom culture is okay. You know, I met some celebrities too, and one of mine's. You know, I met Travis Kelsey. You know, mm. are we talking about yeah, in your dreams met- or like real life? Oh no, in my dreams. I never met him in my life. I met the man. Yeah, no, he's in my head. He was really nice. I had a dream. Okay. I had a dream uh. that I met I like the Eagles was there and I don't know. I I, I don't even care what team Travis placed for. <laughs> Which is so sad, but he was there. Travis was there, and Jason Kelsey and Jalen Hurts was there, and I was hanging out with all three of like I thought that was four, right? All four of them, and I was just like, "Oh my god, you're so nice," or whatever. But I was hanging out with more with Travis, and Jason was really nice and more responsible. And we were talking about this, the, the Taylor Swift fans, mm-hmm. um, really quick before before we go. We were talking about how scary they are, and I have to say, they are scary. It's hard. For the for the Swifties to understand, you cannot become a Swifty fan when her fans are very aggressive. It's like you could say, yeah, they are. Like they're very aggressive and they're very like. Which uh, okay, so here's the thing. I would love for Travis because he's such a young guy. He's a great looking guy um, to be with a girl like Taylor. Like like wholeheartedly, I would think without it being like such a PR thing. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm not calling it a PR, but I'm saying it, it looks, it <laughs> smells like it, it looks like it. You know what I mean? Um, I would like for them too to have been together, like, you know, like for a while. I would have liked to have seen them two be together. I think they look like the all-American couple. She's a nerd, you know, who makes apple pies and mm-hmm. she's like one of those girls, you know, mm-hmm. and he's the football player who is like, finally paying attention to the nerd. The thing is, this is bigger than than Travis and Taylor. I want mm-hmm. Taylor and Travis to hear me loud and clear. This has nothing to do with you. We don't <laughs> care about you two. Not, I, want, I want you guys to know loud and clear. I'm going to be completely honest. This is about the girl who never got paid attention to finally getting paid attention to by the quarterback in our high school. Yeah. It's giving, but it's also giving like low-key she graduated from like nerd to like head cheerleader so it's like a real rags to riches kind of story with the two of them right oh, but but yeah but i mean because of the money she makes now but mind you taylor grew up into this woman right but mm-hmm. she's still that girl like she's just still does these things i'm like you're still a nerd like i just like you cannot take that there's no there's once you're a nerd once you're once a man labels you a nerd ladies and i've been there I will forever be there. Once a man labels you something like that, there's no way to shake that. You don't shake it. It's just who you are. Mm-hmm. You're not the hot girl. She's not the hot girl. This has nothing to do with her. This has everything to do with all the nerd women mm-hmm. and our quarterback crushes finally acknowledging that they're head over heels for the nerdy girl. It's like the romance movie. It's like finally one of us 
Yeah. Get yeah, up. You're right. You, yeah, you're right. The, I you're right. See, yeah. Because when he did when he did the thing, I don't know if you you didn't you probably didn't see it, but it was and it was like it was live. They were playing, right? Everybody's getting yeah. ready. And he didn't know, I don't think he knew that Taylor Swift was coming or not. And he's looking up there and he's like holding his shirt and he's like, She's really up there. And they're like, Yeah, she's up there. Taylor Swift's up there. He's like, Wow, she's up there. And I'm like, Oh my God. <laughs> We want nerds. We want. <laughs> we want nerds. We won. You know, the any. Anyway, this was a great episode. Thank you fun. so much for coming. Yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, you always, always are welcome. I think we're gonna have to have a talk about this, but um, if this was a great laugh an enjoying episode i hope you guys got something out of it fandom culture is dangerous but i think it's you know i think it's with every age and i think mm-hmm. we handle it very differently the older we get yeah. um yeah but anyways you guys you guys have a great day for you whenever you choose to listen to this episode we are going to have a great night um my name is Nisi dash and this is your girl keisha And we are out. See you later. Bye. (laughs) Oh, wait a minute. Before I go, no matter what happens to you, take life with you. See you later, guys. Bye.